Welcome to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, where we celebrate the achievements and resilience of Caribbean people to inspire the next generation. I'm your guest host, Patrice Deschabert, bringing to you a new series called Behind the Scenes. Today, I'm talking with Kara Cloudin, who is a rising star in the television industry. She is a co-creator of Adulton and an associate producer at VH1. So great to talk with young women in entertainment and hear their stories. Welcome, Kara. Hi, Patrice. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. I know that you're so busy with work and your projects you're producing and traveling. So we really appreciate your time. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for doing this show. <laughs> yes, and I know you were in New York. You are in New York, and you were recently back home in St. Croix and traveled back. And so, um, great to have you on the show. But tell us, how did you know that you wanted to work in the entertainment industry? What was it about this particular field that caught your interest? Well, honestly, I didn't even know growing up. Like, you know, I wish I had that story. Like, oh, I used to play with cameras, but that was not the case. Um, I feel like I was always trying out different things, which ultimately, like now that I am a producer, I'm like, oh, that's probably why I decided to be a producer because I'm always doing different things. And as you and I both know, a producer wears so many hats. But in the end, when I was choosing a college and choosing my major, I was going to pick psychology and my mom was like, I don't know why you're trying to study psychology. Like you don't like to listen. So you need to pick something else. And I was like, what are you talking about? I will listen to, you know, people's problems and, you know, be a therapist. She was so right. Um, that's just not the feel for me. And she was like, why you don't study like journalism? You know, you're good at writing. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't even know that you could do that. Like you could, you know, I didn't even think about it. Um, so I started to look at like broadcast journalism majors and communication majors and stuff. And so when I picked my school, um, it had like a mass communications program at the time. And then the year that I got there, they divided up the, um, the major so that you had to pick a concentration uh, between like digital media, TV and video production, film, uh, public relations, stuff like that. So literally, I did not know what I wanted to do. I was just like, dang, I was here for the broad mass comm <laughs> major because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But when I went to go talk to my advisor, I'm like telling him like, oh, you know, I don't really know what I want to do. I think I just want to tell stories and do this and, you know, change the landscape of media and all this stuff. And he was like, it sounds like you want to be a celebrity and we don't have a concentration for that. So you need to pick something <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that is not what I said. I don't, you know, what are you talking about? So I chose digital media because I was like, fine, this seems like the most relevant one out of all of these. And in doing digital media, I had to take a production fundamentals class. And, you know, we were in the studio and we started playing with equipment and stuff. And then I was like, oh, I kind of like the idea of like having a skill. So in the spring semester, I asked him if I could add on a TV and video production concentration. So that led to me getting a Bachelor of Arts in Digital Media and a Bachelor of Science in TV and video production from the University of New Haven in Connecticut. Uh, and everything, like, you know, once I had made a decision, like things just started unraveling from there. Like the classes that I was taking, I started seeing like, oh, I, 
never want to be <laughs> on audio. You know, I want to be the producer or the director. Like that was always the roles that I gravitated towards. And ultimately, I I created a, a show, a digital series in college called Politically Charged that was nominated for a student Emmy. And then I also was a part of the creation of our first ever school uh, news show, news broadcast, like developed it along with like the editor in chief of the school newspaper. And like, we put that whole thing together and it's still on today. They're doing, you know, their thing. So then I was like, okay, you know, I want to create, I want to create new shows. Like that's, that's what I want to do. So it all just started to unravel on its own. Like once I made one decision, I had to make new ones. And I was like, I guess this is what I'm doing. Right. And it it unraveled and turned into a beautiful quilt of your life that you can look back on and you can see the efforts that you put in still living on at this school in the show that you created. Yeah, literally, literally. It's like a mosaic. I'm like, oh, you know, one puzzle piece after another. But nothing was ever like, I want to do this my whole life. Like, that was not the case. (laughs) Right, right. So, and you grew up in St. Croix, right? Yeah, so I grew up, um, I was born on St. Croix. And when I was one, we had moved to uh, Connecticut. And I was living in Connecticut till I was like four. And then we moved to Maryland. And I was living in Maryland till I was like 10. And then I moved to St. Croix when I was 10, like when I was in sixth grade. And I went to Claudio Marco. Um, I graduated as one of the valedictorians of my sixth grade class. And then... (laughs) Have the val. You were the valedictorian. Well, no, they didn't want to make me the val because I just came for sixth grade, so they made me share the title with the um the student who was there like from fourth through sixth grade. Who she had like like I had a higher GPA, but she was there longer. <laughs> so <laughs> they was like, "It's not fair that you come from the states and now you just the val." So I had to share the spot. I'm taking my title. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a whole thing, but whatever, you know, that's like, you know, sixth grade. (laughs) I went to country day for seven and eighth grade. And then I went to complex for uh, high school from ninth through 12th grade. And I graduated from complex. Mm -hmm. And so you left St. Croix and you you said you went to school in in Connecticut, right? Yep. Okay. Connecticut at the University of New Haven. Connecticut. That's right. Okay. So then from there, you had an amazing opportunity. I remember us talking about this in the past where you went to the Cannes Film Festival in France. Yeah. The biggest, baddest, most prestigious international film festival. What was that like? It was pretty amazing, actually. I mean, leading up to that, my life was just very dope. Like, so many things were happening. Because that was my senior year of college. So I didn't even have any internships until my senior year. Um, So, you know, though, I'm freaking out. Like, I get to senior year, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not going to get a job. I don't have no internships. Like, what am I going to do? And I remember telling, because I was an RA on campus to like pay for school. Um, I remember telling my boss, my RD, like, if I don't get an internship, like, I'm just gonna, you know, work somewhere. This was like the fall semester. So as soon as I walked out of that meeting, I got a phone call from someone at NBC Universal. And she's like, yeah, I have your resume in front of me. We were considering you for an internship with Jerry Springer and Steve Vilkos or Maury. So can you come in for an interview? So, and so I came in for an interview and I ended up landing that internship for the spring um, at the Jerry Springer and the Steve Vilkos show as their like digital interns. So I was doing that. 
And I also found out around that time that I had a summer internship lined up in New York at Gizmodo Media. And so I was like, you know, I'm all jazzed up. I'm like, okay, I got a spring internship. I got a summer internship. There's like nothing to worry about. I'm good. I also worked for media services. We rented out cameras to people in the communications department and tracked the inventory. We would shoot events around campus if there were some. And my boss, Paul Falcone, he calls me into his office and he's like, so, you know, um, the Con Film Festival, our chairperson of the department, Tom, he had always taken students there at his other university um, to be interns and he would always mention that at our like admissions days and stuff. They would always have me like come to the admissions day to talk about what I do for the department and all this different stuff and speak about what, you know, what, how great the school is. He would always mention that. And I told him like, I want to see that happen here. Like the France con, it's going to (laughs) happen. They're taking students to France and we want to take you and you'd have to skip your graduation. The school's going to like pay for your plane ticket and your hotel so long as you pay for your accreditation to the festival and your food or whatever. And I was like, yep, I want it. Give it to me. That's what I want to do. I don't care about graduation. <laughs> Let's go. And it was like, and in order to get all that, you have to intern for Lionsgate. So I was like, yep, sign me up. Now I got three internships. This is beautiful. And the timing was great because it was like right after Jerry Springer ended and right before my summer internship in New York started. Why don't you tell us more about the festival? I got to hear about Jerry Springer. Like, (laughs) what was that like? (laughs) That was amazing. Honestly, thinking about how iconic that show is um, and just... Everybody knows that show, right? <laughs> it's so funny. Yes. And it was so unexpected. Like the the day that I found out about the interview, I was literally telling my boss, like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have any internships lined up. And it was like, boom, boom, boom. All these opportunities just came out of nowhere. So I was, I, I learned a lot working there. Um, I was their digital intern, which meant I just went to the shows and I would take pictures and make social media posts and like memes and I would give out t-shirts to the audience members. Yeah. Tell us about a post or a meme and like how you come up with it. Like what inspires you to snap that and post about it? It would be the reactions, audience members. Honestly, there would be like people in the audience who would come to every show, like every single time. So <laughs> it it would just be anything random, you know, or lines from the show, like wild lines that uh, the cast, I guess they weren't really cast members, but you know, the people on the show, like what they would be saying. And I would just make graphics for them. I learned Photoshop. They would let me go in the truck, like where they would have the control room. And so I got to see that side of things. I, I basically got to do whatever I want. Like I would be backstage looking at how they're preparing to set up. I'd be talking to the security guard. That was always super fun. Um, you know, just seeing this side of, of TV. This was my my introduction to television, I guess, you know. This was in New York? Where was it? This was in Connecticut, in Stamford, Connecticut. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know this was filmed in Connecticut. Yeah, they have a Stamford office, which is like right by New York. That's like the last stop on the train before you're in New York. Okay. But yeah, it was fun. At the time, too, in college, it was perfect because I was taking all online classes except for wine appreciation. I had this one wine class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and so all I really did was go to work, go to class online and go to my internship. So it was great. So fast forward to the festival. 
in France of all places. Wow. What was that like? It was amazing because it was my first international trip. I had never been anywhere outside of, you know, St. Croix and the States. Um, and like, you know, I went to St. Kitts, but I have never been to Europe. So this is my first time going out of the country. And I am in love with France ever since I was a kid watching Madeline as a child. I was like, I want to go to France. I want to speak French. I took French in eighth grade. Like, so this was like a dream come true. And this, I feel like, was my introduction to, like, Hollywood. Like, seeing the glitz and the glamour and the carpets and all that stuff. You know, there's celebrities from all over the world um, in films and directors and CEOs and CFOs and all that stuff just everywhere. The Lionsgate office was super dope. It was right across the street from the Parley um, where all the films were being uh, shown um, for the festival. So that was cool because you can see like the red carpet going down like when the it was Star Trek with Childish Gambino and everything that was going down that premiere had happened. Um, and I had like a nice little view on the rooftop of our office building that was super dope. Yeah. And this is like my first time mingling with executives, you know, of a large company. And it was a very eye-opening experience and made me feel like I want to make my own thing. Like, I want to be at this event because of my own work. I don't want to just come here and, you know, I was an intern. So I was like grabbing coffee for people and like chocolate and going to the grocery store, you know, those like tasks and night being nice to people and, you know, just being an intern but I'm like next time I come here I want it to be because of my own work I want to have my work on the screen you did exactly what you said you wanted to do you said I want to make my own thing and so you got some friends together and you guys came up with a digital series right online called Adultin. yeah and it's crazy because so I met my co-creator uh one of my co-creators Paulette I met her in France at the Cannes Film Festival because a mutual friend of ours knew, like Paulette had went to NYU and um, a mutual friend of mine who went to my school, but was from New York, from the Bronx. She was like, oh, wow, I know two people who are going to France to the same festival. And so she connected us and me and P, we went to get lunch in France and, you know, she skipped her graduation too. She had an internship with Annapurna, a film production company. And, um, you know, we just hit it off. And when we got back to New York, we continued to link up. We went to this uh, Sundance like rejection film festival. It was like all these films that didn't get into Sundance, but they were still really great films. <laughs> we went and watched them in the park. And so she was like, you know, what are, what are you working on? Like, what do you have going on? At this time, I'm like in New York because of my other internship. Um, and I wasn't doing nothing. I was really just <laughs> like living it up in New York. But I had some ideas about some shows that I wanted to do. And one of those was Adulting. So I just told her that one because I'm like, I don't want to make it seem like I'm not doing nothing. I was like, oh, you know, I'm in development of this, you know, show. You, you can learn the uh, Hollywood lingo. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Like Khan taught me the lingo. It's like, you know, just say something. Sound like you're doing something. So um, I told her about that and she was really into it and she just kept hitting me up like, you know, you have scripts, like, what's the budget? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, being really persistent, which I needed because on my own, like I would be in the ideation phase forever. Right. And she got me to be more action oriented and actually have some accountability. She whipped me into shape. I had ended up getting a job at the place that I was interning at, which was Jezebel with Gizmodo Media. 
Um, and they were a feminist digital site, or they are, they're still up and running. So they were, they're a feminist digital site. And I was an associate producer there, making video content, interviewing celebrities, uh, like doing everything from pre to post production, um, uh, writing blogs, booking people, all that stuff. And so one of my people that I was interviewing was Lynn Whitfield, Miss um, Lovely Lynn. She went to my alma mater, Howard University. Yes, she's popping. She's Emmy winning. Um, she's in Greenleaf. I don't know. Some people feel like they don't know who Lynn Whitfield is. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like she was. Well, you know what? Some people who are, you know, born in the 2000s, I mean, that. <laughs> coming for Gen Z. I'm like, did y'all watch the Cheetah Girls? Like, and she's been around forever, and she is like a boss in her field. So you met, right? Yeah, you met Lynn, and what happened? And so my third co-creator, Malik, she was assisting Lynn um, that week that Lynn was in New York because uh, this was when Napoli Ever After came out on Netflix, which Lynn is also starring in. And so she was doing her press and stuff. So we were interviewing her at Jezebel. And Malik was her assistant during the time. And um, Malik and I, even right now, we've realized we have some sort of twin telepathy. And we were like on the same page as this shoot. Like I was like, oh, like she looks cooler. I want to be her friend. And she's thinking the same thing. And so she left her business card behind on the table because it was a very quick shoot. We didn't have time to like talk, but we were just was like, I want to know her. Um, and so she left her card and I ended up following her on Instagram and dm'd her because i was like why is she you know how does she know lynn whitfield i'm just curious and invited her to lunch and we went to lunch and while at the lunch it was like oh you know that question what are you working on and i'm like oh i'm you know now i'm more confident i'm like i'm working on this web series with this girl named paulette it's going great <laughs> and i'm like what are you working on she's like oh i have this idea for a show well you know we were like well what's your idea come to find out we were both working on a show called adulting and it was like, wow, that's crazy. He was working on a show with the same name? Yeah, her show was called Adulting While Black. And then, you know, our show's called Adulting. And the concept, everything was very similar. Like, it was just crazy. And up until, like, you know, at this point, we've been eating pizza for an hour. It's like, wow, that's just... And along the way, like, we just had kept having more and more similarities. So we just was like... So fast forward, so... So so you guys decided to merge and create the show, right? Yep. Ultimately, yep. It was like, do we want to just work together and then introduce her to Paulette? And then it's been the three of us working on it ever since. And the show is about women sort of experiencing life, right? Like moving from the college years to adulthood and living on their own, paying bills and things like that, right? Well, yeah, I wouldn't just say women, but adults in general, we try to keep it very open. Um, our whole thing is that you don't know how to adult. Like, there's no one way to do it. And, you know, that's what we were feeling fresh out of college. So it's an anthology series. Each episode is both scripted and unscripted, and it just highlights a different topic of adulting. So we had in mm -hmm. season one, bills, groceries, laundry, parents, sex and um changes which was a bonus episode that we did um in 2019 to address covid and you know protesting and whatnot so um yeah we 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 just wanted to tackle like nuanced topics like just the mundane stuff like that nobody really tells you how to do like you have to grocery shop to literally survive there's no dining dollar <laughs> it's like your mama not right. like, what are you doing next right so, yeah 
now you know what to do, right? And now you, you've got paid work, you know, and you're a working woman and you work at VH1 yeah. as an associate producer. So what is that like? And give us like a day in the life of behind the scenes. Yes. So the journey to VH1 um, really I feel like it was by way of adulting, honestly, um, in making the web series, like, you know, where it started getting around that I, I want to make TV. <laughs> and a friend of mine went to a mixer where my former boss, he was a, a panelist member and he was VP of development at MTV and VH1. And, uh, my friend pitched me to him and he gave her his card. I emailed him honestly pitching adults and I'm like we about to get this show on the network y'all like this up from here (laughs) and I was so green I was so green back then just very like big dreams and he really you know took the time out to like hear my story talk to me which led to a interview and I ended up working as a development assistant for uh, MTV and VH1 and so I grew into the industry from a very like learning how to create shows, learning like what makes it for a good cast, learning all these different like development things, you know, um, ideating out of thin air, what it takes to pitch a show to a network. Like we're pitching to the EVP every single week. Um, and what it takes to be in a pitch meeting. My bosses were very, very instrumental and just open to like letting me be in the room when, uh, agents and whatnot come in. So I got to see this whole process happen. Um, and then COVID goes down uh, last year and I had been working there for about a year and a half. And um, there's just like all these changes within the company and everything. And ultimately, like, ultimately I got promoted to associate producer um, as we started to create shows in this post pandemic world. <laughs> and we brought our content um, inside of VH1. Like we cre- they created an internal production company, which is spearheaded by my boss now. Um, Because I was assisting two people, uh, which was um, that the VP of development and then also an executive producer who I still help out now. And then as this transition to doing the projects internally happened, I just started working on the shows, uh, which is Love and Hip Hop. So my day day to day is a lot of Zoom calls. Um, We are working from home or I work from home, at least Uh, I'm not out in the field. Um, and I'm responsible for helping with the development of the shows. Uh, we recently had two shows air on the network, which was VH1's Family Reunion and Loving Hip Hop Edition, and then VH1's Couple Retreat. And so I was a part of that process from development through <laughs> it going on the air and like seeing that whole thing get done, like being like, okay, we're in a pandemic. How are we going to create content? Um, and there we could call them bubble shows cause we had our cast in like one location and, you know, learning how to produce in COVID was a whole thing that I got to experience. Um, and just really seeing how production is so different from development. Um, but yeah, my day to day is, is being on calls with executives, uh, scheduling for them, casting with them, like seeing who would make for a good cast, creating decks um style guides like uh you know how how does the show look what is it gonna feel like what's the tone um all this stuff you know how are we gonna do the interviews uh and just stuff like that so just basically like what are my ideas and how can we curate the best show and I support the executives in this endeavor 
Um, and that's that's like the prep part, the pre-pro part. Once we get more into production, I chime in mostly with story and I get to see how the story producers work and I get to assist them with any ideas that I have, which is really cool. Um, I love that I'm not like siloed into one part of production. Like I'm not doing one thing. I see the whole thing go down from top to bottom. So even now that we're in post, I get to look at cuts and then be like, this is my idea for this, or I like this, or I like that. And I'm telling the people who are literally in charge of the whole thing. Um, so that's, that's really amazing. Um, and I love working with my team. Uh, it's a really strong team of black women making things happen. I love that. Um, and you know, it, it's just, it's like, I get to see the future me, <laughs> you know, like these are things that I want to do. And I see where I, I fit in like my strengths and my weaknesses. I'm learning that it, it takes a whole team to get a show off the ground and you're not going to be good at everything. Um, but do what you're best at and it'll make the whole process easier. Um, yeah. So that's my day to day. I mean, I really, I really, I'm trying to think like, what else do I be doing? But it's every day is so different. <laughs> some days it's like, Oh, we're watching cuts. And then some days it's like, Oh, we need to brainstorm casts or some days it's like, Oh, we need to, um, hire people, which I think is always interesting too. Cause in this side of production versus development, um, I'm exposed to just way more people on the crew. Like this is who the director is going to be. And I interface with the director, even if it's for two seconds, it's like, I talk to so many people every day, um, and learn about how they do their job. Um, and once we step more into like getting out of this pandemic, I'm excited to be more, hands-on like in real life like in the field well Kara, i am so proud of you because i remember like back in the day to where you are now and you have done so much in a short time so that's very very amazing and inspiring and what advice would you give to young people like yourself you know wanting to get started in the industry because it's only been what three years right since you came out of college yeah i know and so it's so you're right. Like so much has happened. <laughs> uh, thank you. I gave a TED talk in between all of this. Like there's just like so much that went down. So I think that my advice for people is to really know what you want and don't be afraid to vocalize those things. Um, a lot of what has happened and materialized in my life is because that's what I wanted. Like when I look at my journals and stuff, it's just lists of like things that I want to do. Like I looked at a journal that I wrote in 2018 and it was like, I, one day when I'm 50, I'll have a Ted talk, but I gave a Ted talk at 23 years old. So <laughs> it's like, okay, check. <laughs> I did it. Like, um, tell us how we can find it. Um, it's on YouTube. It's called faith in bad faith. And I explored a French philosopher, John Paul Sartre, his philosophy of bad faith, which is basically, you know, basically my advice. Like if you continue to tell yourself that bad things are going to happen, then bad things are going to happen. But if you believe in like good things, like good things will happen. Like you have to have faith in yourself and in what you want to do. You can't just stay stuck in one spot. Um, you mentioned at the top of this, like how I, I just was in St. Croix and then I came to New York. And for me, when I'm on St. Croix, even when I was in high school, I, I get a little like lost in the sauce, you know, like I'm not necessarily like focused on 
something when I'm there. I don't know what it is. Cause now that I'm back in New York, I feel like a different energy. So it could just be that it's New York. But when I was in high school, I was really lost in the sauce. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just like, ah, whatever, like very drifty. And the minute that I had made a decision, like, well, this is what I'm going to do. Like things started to work out. Like there were just, I was more tuned in to like ways to help myself. Like, how can I, you know, what do, what do I want to do and how can I get there? And I started doing everything possible to get there. Like all of this sounds amazing, but there were so many like moments that I didn't know if it was going to work out. I, so many rejection letters. I probably applied to, to every media company in the world. Like Al Jazeera has my application. Okay. Like I was applying to everything. I was like, can you speak Arabic? I'm like, I'm going to learn. Sarah, those are the things that people need to understand because it doesn't, it's success doesn't come easy. You didn't just whoop and it just kind of happened you you tried hard because you applied all over the place you stayed focused you were intentional you wrote it down and you believed it i want to hear where we can find adultant and what else is in development um well adultant you could find season one on youtube uh at adultant series subscribe um it's adultant no g so a-d-u-l-t-i-n um and it's on youtube we're also on instagram and we have a mini series on youtube we have malik's mixy drinks which is a bartending show is super cute my co-creator is the host of that um and we have uh adults in irl which is a digital show we made in quarantine um we have some just fun cool stuff that we were doing in 2020 now uh, we decided to just sort of pour into ourselves and our career um, and just really elevate the adult and brand so that season two is bigger and better than ever. Um, so that's what's coming next. Stay tuned for that. Season two is on the way. Um, and also on my end, I have been working on a documentary about my relationship to St. Croix called Cruz. Um and this doc has been in development forever. Um, now that I think about it, it's like when I, like I said, I like to reflect a lot and like go on my old journals. And it's like, I, it's the same idea, but it's just different words for it in every journal entry. And I'm like, wow, I've been kind of rocking with this for a minute. Um, but ultimately, I'm just exploring like my relationship as a Crucian and like what it means for me, because I feel like it's a very ambiguous identity. Um, it's not like, you know, when you think about being French, like a certain something comes up in your head. And if you think about being Nigerian, like a certain like, you know, there's just certain traits that come up. And for me, I'm like, well, what does it mean to be a Crucian, especially as someone who has moved and lived in the States and then, you know, lived back home. And then I've spent equal time in both places. Um, and I was born on St. Croix. But like, it's just like certain things I've always questioned about myself growing up. Like, oh, like, how should I talk? Like, uh, you know, all these just different, different questions and just identity things. Yeah, those are real things, especially, um, you know, you, you live in a world with different accents and different um, ethnicities and looks and you want to explore that. So that we look forward to hearing more about that. And we'll be following you, Kara Cloudin. Look her up, LinkedIn, all over the place. You can find her, but definitely check out Adultin. So if you're watching Love and Hip Hop, if you're watching Adultin, you'll be thinking of 
the wonderful, amazing rising star in the TV industry, Miss Kira Clouden. What's your website? Yes, my website and my Instagram is at Kira J. So K A Y R A J A Y. Kraj.com. You can find my portfolio there. Um, my Instagram is under construction. I just feel like I'm tr- like, you know, elevating as a person um, and just growing into myself a bit more and defining that person a bit more. So yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to level up. <laughs> so I could be like you, Patrice. <laughs> Whatever. To our listeners, I hope you were able to gain a valuable insight to help you get your start in the entertainment industry. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Patrice Deshabert. Follow me and more stories like this on Facebook pages, Culture TV, and Caribbean Girls Rock. This is the final episode of the Behind the Scenes series. We will be back in one month with a brand new series. To receive the Unstoppable Yes You podcast directly in your inbox, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting our website at unstoppableyesu.com. You can also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, or Google Podcasts.